Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. As we adapt in this season of pandemic, we are meeting in our house churches, in person and online, as a primary space for worship, formation, connection, and encouragement. Teachings like this are one way we engage with scripture, seeking to become more like Christ. These teaching podcasts also serve as a conversation starter for deeper engagement at House Church. We're glad you're listening. Hi, Renew. I'm Aubrey, and I'm really grateful today to be talking about um, peace. Um, You may have already lit the candle in your house church, or you may be lighting the second candle as a house church. Um, So last week, Doug talked about hope. And then this week, we're um, going to talk about peace. So one of my favorite Christmas movies is um, the French phrase for Merry Christmas. And let me see if I can say this correctly. You correct me. Um, is Joyeux Noël. If anyone has seen this movie. The movie is based on real life events depicted um, during World War I, which is specifically the unofficial Christmas truces right on the front lines. The movie, this specific movie, depicts Christmas Eve 1914, and it starts with some Scottish singers, soldiers, singing their traditional Christmas songs in their trench. And then you, it goes over to across the no man's land and the other trench, the Germans are there. And um, you have to watch the movie, but there's a a German soldier who's also an opera singer, a well-known opera singer, and he starts to sing um, Silent Night. And then we go back to the, across the trenches where the, the Scottish are, and they start, one of the Scottish soldiers, a Scottish chaplain, starts to play the bagpipes, bagpipes to accompany the um, opera singer. And then this opera singer bravely steps out of the trenches um, and continues the song. And of course, you have the French, the Scottish on one side, and then the Germans on the other side in there nervous, they're very slow at understanding what's happening. Um, And I think it's very brave of that um, German opera singer to sing and to um, create a peaceful environment. And so eventually what happens is the Scottish, French, and German generals come to the middle and they agree on a ceasefire for the Christmas evening. So then the soldiers come out and they're all meeting in no man's land. They have difficulty understanding each other because of language barriers, but they start to show each other pictures of family members. They share, they exchange drinks and smokes and food. And then even on Christmas day, they have a football game, which is of course soccer, what we Americans call soccer. And here's an actual picture of one of the truces and a soccer game. Now, I realize war is very complicated. And um, and I know that um, there's more to that movie, of course, than, than the real situation. But as I was re-watching it this year, I thought that most of the time, peace is a choice. This movie goes on to show some of the consequences of the ceasefire. But I thought, what if one soldier refused to continue fighting after Christmas Day? What if two soldiers decided to stop fighting, knowing that they probably would receive harsh and even fatal consequences. What if a hundred soldiers refused? Peace is a choice. So when Doug asked me to teach on peace, and when I finally sat down to think about the topic, I felt a dread. And I thought, oh, I can't do this. The truth is I haven't been feeling really peaceful recently. 
And what do I know about peace? I tend to avoid things. I like to withdraw. I also um, long to escape to peaceful places, but I don't think that that is the whole picture of peace. So as I was praying through these doubts within me and thinking of a way to gracefully back out of the teaching, I thought about many of you within Renew. I know I don't know all of you, but I know many of your stories. I thought about your names, your faces, and the stories that you've shared with me through the years and how you have decided to choose peace. I thought about you foster parents and you adopted parents. I've thought about, I've heard about the stress related to birth parents and judges who make decisions that are not in the best interests of children always. Um, Yet you have continued to choose to forgive and to love your children. I talked to someone recently who, um, because of situation at work, had had to um, no longer work there. And this person, of course, was very angry about it. And yet I talked to them later in the week and they, and they, he told me, I'm going to choose to not be angry at them. He chose peace in that situation. I think of civil conversations that you lead and how you engage people who have very opposite views on these hot button topics. I've heard stories of stress related to geographic neighbors and the conflict, and yet your choice to forgive them. I hear stories from kids within Renew who choose to say they are sorry and to forgive not only their friends, but their parents. I hear of all the relational conflict with family members, and yet you choose peace, which may mean forgiving over and over and over again. And I know that we had someone within Renew, I don't remember who, but have a book recently published called The Sacred Overlap. Um, And that's a, a way to peacefully meet and to talk about um, things, especially topics that are, are difficult to talk about without a us versus them mentality. I realize these stories are not finished, and I don't say these things because I think everyone's perfect. But I share these stories because I think they're very hopeful. And after I was thinking about these specific stories and writing your names down in my journal, I felt more energy to explore peace. And of course, a good way to explore peace is with the definition. Um, Doug and Ben talk a lot about the Hebrew word shalom. And shalom is a wide word with um, many definitions. Wholeness, completeness, prosperity, safety, to be complete, harmony. It can mean wholeness of life and body. It can mean harmony between two parties. It's a very dynamic and active word. And in the New Testament, the word for peace is arena which can mean to join together, to tie into a whole, when all essential parts are joined together and tied together. Isn't it interesting that peace is an active and dynamic word? Yes, there are times for peaceful retreats, but that's not the whole story of peace. So if you do a word search through the Bible, you'll find so many examples of peace from Genesis through Revelation. But I wanna start at the beginning in Genesis one and two. Those chapters describe a dynamic and active story and a story full of variety. There is light and darkness and sky and earth and so many kinds of vegetation and as important to continue growing food, seeds of so many varieties. There's also varieties of animals and landforms. There's a dance and ebb and a flow of creation. Healthy gardens have diversity of life in them. There's not necessarily conformity, but, but there's variety of species. And each species, when it is faithful to who and what 
they are, offers peace. But then we read in Genesis 3, the choice that humans made not to trust God. And they wanted to know all to be just like God. As a result, they hid from God, fearful because they were naked and ashamed. And instead of peace, there's blaming and conflict. Blaming the serpent, conflict with the serpent, conflict with each other, and conflict with God. And yet there's this tikvah, this thread of hope that Doug talked about last week, that's present as present throughout the Bible. Even um, when Adam and Eve realize that they're naked and they realize there's the, the lack of peace between them and God. The, it says in Genesis 3.21, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and Eve and clothed them. Even though humans made a choice not to trust God and there wasn't full shalom yet, God's peace was reaching out, reaching down to humans. God continues to reach to humans to make peace, but God doesn't force that upon us. Peace is a choice. It's a choice for us to give and to receive. Then we get to Genesis 4. <laughs> I'm not going to go through the whole Bible, but I, will, I do want to get to Cain and Abel. I've always been fascinated by this story, though I don't fully understand it. So Cain and Abel have two sons, Cain first and then Abel. And it says that Abel took care of the sheep and Cain farmed the land. So after some time, they both brought offerings. Cain gathered some things he had grown and brought an offering. And Abel also brought an offering. The Lord was pleased with Abel's offering, but was not pleased with Cain's. And it says that God, so Cain became very angry at this and his face fell and he was sad. So then the Lord comes to Cain and says, why are you so angry? Why are you looking so sad? Do what is right and you will be accepted. Which also can mean your countenance will be lifted up. If you don't do what is right, sin is waiting at your door to grab you. It desires to control you, but you must rule over it. Let me stop there and say again that peace is a choice. God is letting know, Cain know that he has a choice. God will not force peace between Cain and his brother, but he is offering Cain the, um, the choice to make for peace. But Cain, as we know the story, says to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And he ends up murdering his brother. And the Lord says, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. So I'm putting a curse on you. I'm driving you from this ground. When you farm the land, it will not produce the crops for you anymore. You will be a restless person who wanders around on the earth. Cain says to the Lord, you are punishing me more than I can take. Today you are driving me away from the land. I will be hidden from you. I'll be a restless person who wanders around the earth and anyone who finds me will kill, will kill me. But the Lord said to him, no, anyone who kills you will be paid back seven times. So the Lord puts a mark on Cain. So again, I'm not quite sure I fully understand this story, but I do see this tikvah, this cord of hope, as again, God reaches out to make peace with humans. God listens to Cain even after his choice to murder his brother, and he protects Cain from being killed. God is reaching down to make peace. Even at the beginning, God talked to Cain and offered Cain a way to reconcile. Cain was downcast, and I'm guessing he was probably jealous and angry and disappointed. It explains that in Hebrews 11:4 that by faith, Abel brought, a better, brought God a better offering than Cain did. Not quite sure exactly what that means. And yet, do you notice what God was offering to Cain? Peace. 
God didn't force, but merely offered peace. God says, do what is right and your face will be lifted up. You have a choice. You can choose peace. Also, um, in your house churches, you're going to have time to to look at other scripture um, and to see this peace that's woven in by this cord of hope. Keep lifting this up. So I was thinking about peace on earth, and that's something we often hear about um, this time of the year. And I thought, why doesn't God make this happen? And I wonder if it's related to God's love. You can't force someone to love you. God is love and God is steady. God longs for peace and shows what peace is and then asks us to, to pursue peace. I know this isn't the full answer to that question, but it is comforting and helpful to me. God loves us enough and trusts us enough to pursue peace. So I wanna encourage us this Advent season to continue pursuing peace with each other, accepting peace from others and from God. Peace is an active choice with those who are very similar to you. And peace is an active choice with those who are difficult to love and understand. Unless you think that I'm above the difficulties and um, am peaceful all the time, let me say that there have been moments in the past few months of unrest in the Dom household. Making decisions can be difficult on very good days. Making decisions regarding masks and social distancing and deciding to meet indoors or outdoors can lead to a lot of anxiety and a lot of anger. However, Seth and I continue to choose peace and respect. We don't see eye to eye on many aspects of decision making in this pandemic. And we have been very unkind to each other in our household. And yet we still choose to calm down, come back together and choose peace again and again and again and again. And I'm sure within your households, there has been a lot of tension at times as well. And I pray that you continue to choose peace again and again and again. It's dynamic and active. Galatians 4, 13 through 15 states, it is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use that freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence, love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. If you bite and devour each other, watch out. In no time at all, you will be annihilating and destroying each other. And where will you, your precious freedom be then? Let me also say that sometimes peace is not always possible. In Romans 12, 18, it says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. But sometimes peace means cutting ties with people, especially when another, when another person is not interested in peace and will continue to be physically, sexually, and or emotionally harmful. That is why seeking the Holy Spirit is really important for wisdom. And it's also important to seek guidance from those people who are led by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the most peaceful thing that can happen is to cut ties with someone or to advocate for someone to help them cut ties, especially when there's a toxic and unhealthy relationship. I, of course, don't have time to discuss why sometimes people, including us, choose to stay in situations that are not peaceful and why we sometimes choose chaos and unrest because it feels often feels more comfortable. But please know that peace is not always possible and that safety is often the priority. But I do believe in a God that is secure and is safe and who desires peace. 
one of the things about um, homeschooling is we, um, I get to read a lot of the myths and mythologies of ancient history with my son. And I'm always drawn to the, the Greek gods and goddesses. And if you know much about them, um, you understand that there's so much unrest between the gods and humankind. And um, I think it's very interesting that even from the beginning of time, as people have created their deities, they have um, explained them as being intention, intention with each other and with humankind. There's even a story of Zeus, the great, the, the king of the gods, uh, the gods of Mount Olympus where it said that um, out of anger for a variety of things, he started the Trojan War. And yet, I, I think of the God that we know, and um, the, the God that is not, acting, is not acting out of anger or wanting tension or wanting stress, but the God who is reaching down to people, offering this peace, not forcing it, but offering it. And so as a way to end, I want to read the lyrics to a Sarah Groves song. Um, she writes in her song, Peace, Peace, she intertwines the song, O Little Town of Bethlehem, with some contemporary language of unrest. And so um, maybe you could look it up in your house church. It's Sarah Groves, Peace, Peace. Maybe you can listen to that instead or just listen to the lyrics as I read them. Peace, peace, it's hard to find. Trouble comes like a wrecking ball to your peace of mind, and all that worry you can't leave behind you. All your hopes and fears are met in him tonight. Peace, peace, it's hard to find. Doubt comes like a tiny voice that's so unkind, and all your fears, they conspire to unwind you. All your hopes and fears are met in him tonight, and in your dark street shines an everlasting light. And all your hopes and fears are met in him tonight. And then it keeps repeating. And all your hopes and fears, all your hopes and fears are met in him tonight. Peace, peace. So friends, may you choose to give and experience and receive peace this Advent. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to the podcast of The Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.